it wasn't until my mid 20s when I sort of made the conscious decision to just flip it and make it a good thing and be like, this is how I am. I'm going to find a way to make it work. I'm going to see if there are other people out there like this who are making a living, who are successful. This is the Happen to Your Career podcast with Scott Anthony Barlow. We help you stop doing work that doesn't fit you, figure out what does, and make it happen. We help you define the work that's unapologetically you, and then go get it. If you're ready to make a change, keep listening. Here's Scott. Here's Scott. Here's Scott. This is Scott Anthony Barlow, and you are listening to Happen to Your Career, the show that helps you figure out what work fits you by exploring other stories. We get to bring on experts like... Emily Wapnick, which is who we have on today, who help people that don't just have one true calling or people that have really amazing stories like Kirby Versellis, who found her ideal job by learning her strengths. These are people that are just like you, except for they've gone from where they are to what they really want to be doing. I'm a multi-potentialite who has this one thing that I'm like an expert at not being an expert at this point. In my conversation with Emily today We get to talk about what happens when you have lots of different interests, when you are passionate about a number of different things, or maybe you have a lot of hobbies and you're trying to figure out how to put them all together, either with your career or should they be your career or something completely different that you haven't thought of. Those are the questions that we answer today. And in fact, when people who are good at a number of different things and they have lots of talents. When they're trying to pick their career, if you will, then they bump up against the question of, hey, how do I earn income for a lot of these different things too? And that's exactly the question we're looking to answer today. Emily and I go deep into how how can that look? In fact, what are some different models and examples of ways that that can happen in your life? So I think that you're going to enjoy this. This is uh, Emily has been on the show before. She's a fantastic guest and she has a high degree of expertise in what you might call multipotentialite or multipotentiality. There's a number of other names for it too, but we'll get into all that and a lot more. Decided that maybe, you know, 80, 90 hour weeks and a young family doesn't necessarily go together. Jared was burned out with long hours and high stress. When we started to do the questionnaire and write everything down, we started our pros and cons list, where we wanted to live and who we wanted to be around and all that stuff. Listen for Jared's story later on in the episode to learn how he used coaching to help him figure out what fits him and actually make the change to work he loves. I ended up with my dream job. It might help to throw out some context for how we got, uh, we got, how we got to here, I guess, <laughs> um, which as I told you, I don't know, five minutes ago, I, I got, I got sent your TEDx talk no less than 10 times <laughs> from my customers, from people that, uh, that follow our, our, our blog and our business. And, uh, it, it was coming at me left and right over about a period of three weeks or so. So congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Um, and I apologize before this call, but I'll apologize again. I'm sorry for spamming you like that. <laughs> the public apology. <laughs> <laughs> but that's pretty cool. <laughs> that that really is pretty cool. So I, I went back and this was really interesting for me um, because 
I really love people's stories. That's something that I'm fascinated by. And I love people's careers and not just the career, like, uh, I don't know, job occupation or title, which, which clearly we're not going to spend a lot of time talking about like, uh, specializing or anything along those lines here, except to the extent to define. But, um, I'm, I'm, fascinated by a career in the aspect of it's, it's people's journeys and you've had a pretty interesting one. So, um, I, I'm curious though, what, what your reaction is to this? I, I want to play you something <laughs> before we get going because, <laughs> and we'll see if you remember this, this is from uh, reaching, reaching a while ago before you really even started doing any speaking long before the Ted talk. Oh no. Uh, I know, huh? <laughs> Take a listen. Party like have you got lots of different product launches or are you really wanting to focus on more recurring revenue types of products and services well i love the recurring revenue model that i'm definitely a big fan of that but i think for now we're gonna let the putty tribe be and maybe bring some more people in in a couple months i actually have a speaking goal that i want to get started on i want to hear it if you're happy to share it I will get into public speaking, maybe talk to at some schools and some organizations. And it's just something that's been on my back burner list for a while. I've got, I've got a bit of a fear of public speaking, like most people, and I'd like to just get over that. So I think the second half of 2012 is going to be devoted to this public speaking goal. And I also want to write a new manifesto because my ideas have evolved quite a bit since the first one. And I think that that would go nicely with the speaking because they're both kind of on the same topic, which is the multi-potential making it work. I agree. And just touching on that, actually, I mean, one, I look forward to seeing your speaking progress and I'm sure you'll probably start out kind of small and before you know it, you'll explode onto the scene. Okay. And I, I think that uh, we've reached critical mass <laughs> just recently. Uh, Scott, but, you are crafty. That was yeah. pretty awesome. <laughs> well, so that was a little bit of context here. So that was Natalie Sisson and the audio quality wasn't the greatest. So I apologize for that, but I really wanted to play it anyways, uh, just to give people before and after, since that's what we do on this show is really dig into people's journeys and stories and everything like that. So I'm curious, just what are your thoughts listening to that? Like blast from the past before, before we get into any, any of my curiosities beyond that. That was super cool. I was afraid you were going to play something stupid that I'd said like four years ago. <laughs> but um, no, it's it's true. I uh, hated public speaking. I hated speaking in class. And, you know, anytime I had to give a presentation, it was like my life ended. Um, but I just hit this point where I felt like I had a message to share and also kind of wanted to get over this fear. And yeah, and then I, I started doing it and eventually got to the TEDx stage and yeah. <laughs> so I, first of all, you've, you've got one, one, um, one particular topic that your, your TEDx talk is on. And again, I really want to dig into that, but I, I'm curious, uh, you're, you're obviously somebody who's got lots of different interests, right? And that's, mm -hmm. that's what the TEDx talk is, is on. And it, even the num name that you've come up with, uh, and you've you've come up with this name years ago at this point, right? You mm -hmm. want to tell people a little bit about that, and then I'd love sure. to go go backwards and and find out a little bit more about how how this all came to be. Yeah, so um, the word that you're referring to is multipotentialite, and a multipotentialite is someone with many interests and creative pursuits. Um, there's sort of there's sort of a spectrum, uh, and on one side you've got the the sequential multipotentialite, someone who kind of 
moves through their interests one at a time. And then on the other end of the spectrum, you've got the person with 20 different things on their plate and you can exist anywhere along the spectrum. So there's no, there's no wrong way to be a multi-potentialite. All that it means is that, you know, your life isn't just focused around a single thing really. Now, where on earth for yourself did you really start to discover this? That's what I'm really curious about. Like where, well, it, where did this come into be? Yeah. Um, so it was something that used to bug me a lot that actually caused me a lot of stress in my life. Um, for many, many years, I, I noticed that I kept becoming interested in something and like really diving in and um, making my whole identity about that thing. And I'd be like, oh, I know what I'm going to do with my life. I'm going to be a musician or a web designer or a lawyer or whatever it was. Um, And eventually I would start to feel like either a sense of boredom or just that I wasn't being challenged as much, or I would just become interested in something else and want to go explore that. Um, and I viewed this as a bad thing for most of my life and worried what was wrong. I didn't know what was wrong with me. Like, why can't I stick with anything? Am I afraid of commitment? Like what is going on? Do I not have like, you know, that one true calling we're all supposed to have. Um, so I, I was thinking about a lot of these sorts of questions and it wasn't until my mid twenties when I started, I sort of made the conscious decision to just flip it and make it a good thing and be like, this is how I am. I'm going to find a way to make it work. I'm going to see if there are other people out there like this who are making a living, who are successful. Um, And that's where the idea for Putty Like came about. And as I started blogging, I started meeting more people and I started writing more and more about these ideas. And um, now I'm positively thrilled to be a multi-potentialite. And I see a lot of the benefits that I couldn't see before. Well, this whole idea of multi-potential, you said that, you know, you really started flipping the switch in your twenties. What, what happened to cause you to, to flip the switch? Like you're back in your twenties and you know, you, you weren't looking this at, you weren't looking at it. It doesn't sound like as a, as a set of strengths before, mm-hmm. um, what, what really happened to cause you to flip that switch? Yeah. So I was actually in my final semester of law school and I pretty much knew that I didn't want to become a lawyer. Um, just wasn't the life that I wanted uh, for me. And um, so I was trying to figure out what I was going to do after I graduated. And I'd become interested in entrepreneurship and the idea of, of starting my own business. And I took uh, a course on, you know, starting starting an online business. And of course, the second module was like, how to choose a niche. Like, let's, let's look through your interests and pick one and create a business around it. Um, <laughs> this was very difficult for me. I can see that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, you know, I was making all these lists and they all sounded like fun, but I didn't just want to pick one topic. Um, and I was just racking my brain about this. And that's actually when I came up with the idea, I was like, you know, I've never really just done one thing. I've done a lot of freelancing and had, you know, kind of random jobs here and there. And I've always made it work. And I wonder if not choosing a niche could, could be my thing. I wonder if I, you know, so it was actually thinking about coming up with a business that, that forced me to like really look at this pattern and and see it for what it was and just make the decision to try and flip it. (laughs) And yeah, that's 
And then, you know, a few months after launching the site, um, I put out this manifesto and a friend of mine, another blogger was reviewing it and he referred to us as multi-potentialites and that's where the word came from and it just stuck. Interesting. Who was the other blogger? Just curious. Uh, his name is Trevor Clark. I don't think he's blogging anymore. He's a, he's a multi-potentialite. So um, last I heard he had um, like an artisan mushroom farm, like legit mushrooms, not like... <laughs> Um, but no, they were like selling them to fancy restaurants and stuff in Michigan. Um, but I think he might not even be doing that anymore. I'm not sure what he's up to now, but always something interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. I, <laughs> so some of that stuff was a little bit difficult to find, um, you know, as I was looking through. So that's, that's really interesting to hear it straight from you. Very cool. Now, so what, what happened from there? You, you got the idea for the business at some point and said, look, I'm going to, I'm going to make this my thing. And you know, how, how did you go about doing that? Um, I just started blogging, really. I got the site up, I, you know, hacked together. A, I, <laughs> I hacked an old WordPress theme with some web design skills I had acquired years earlier and uh, started blogging and people started reaching out to me and I started making connections with other bloggers and I just kind of grew from there. So was it really, I know you said you're going through the course and everything like that, but was, was it really intended to be like, um, your, your sole income or if you want to call it that uh, from the beginning or was it, and I know I'm asking the multi-potentialite, but, mm -hmm. um, what was, what was the original intention? Yeah. I mean, I think I was just thinking like, I don't want to be a lawyer. Um, so let's try this thing. <laughs> Uh, and I did do some web design just to sort of hold me over yeah, for yeah. about a year while the business was, you know, becoming profitable. Um, but yeah, it's, it's ironic. And I, I see the irony that like, I'm a multi-potentialite who has this one thing that I'm like an expert at not being an expert at this point. So I, I was, I was wanting to ask you about yeah. that because I, <laughs> that's it, <laughs> It's sort of, I mean, it sort of is your thing, right? But yeah, it's not right. your only thing. It's not my only thing. It's it's my thing right now. And I always, I've always felt like I'm a bit more on the sequential side of the spectrum. Yeah. So I really do tend to move, to get very, very involved with something for several years and then move on to something else. But I, I always have other projects and interests on the go. So, um, and then the other thing is that it, it is sort of my quote unquote specialty, but it's deceptively interdisciplinary um, because I get to write about work and career and business. I get to write about productivity. I get to write about confidence and like dealing with family members who don't understand or don't approve. Um, there's so much that I can focus on and I can switch formats. I can write, I can speak, I can do video courses, I can run workshops. Um, so I've found that even though it's like one thing, there's a lot of different things going on within it. And that's one of the tricks that I teach people. If you're, you know, considering a career, um, looking for something that's very interdisciplinary or that just lets you wear a lot of different hats that can be very fulfilling for a multi-potentialite. Well, and I think that's what really what tides me over too, quite frankly, mm -hmm. not tides me over. That's probably the wrong way to say it, but that's what it kind of fills me up because I'm very much the same way. And I feel like I fall more towards that side of the spectrum as well. But, you know, in my business, I get to, I get to do all sorts of different things. It's mm -hmm. not just one thing every day. 
in yeah. one particular expertise. So um, I, I'm really curious about, I know you get into a little bit on your TED talk, but I really wanted to ask you some questions about, you've got these, you talk about these three different strengths. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious if, uh, if you've identified more since then. Mm-hmm. And you too wanted to have you talk about them a little bit. So you've got, you know, the first one that you end up talking about is this whole idea of idea synthesis, which is yep. sort of what we were talking a little bit about. It is. Yeah. It's taking two or more fields and kind of smooshing them together and creating something new at the intersection. Yeah. So yeah. where do you, where do you see, you know, yourself doing that? Where have you, where did you first start seeing yourself doing that? In fact, Oh, wow. I, I feel like I do that a lot. It's actually one of those things that seems to appeal to me about the different projects that I get involved in. Like they, yeah. they tend to be kind of interdisciplinary. Um, I mean, gosh, when I was a kid, I used to do all kinds of weird multimedia things. Like I make little videos and um, put together plays and um, I'm just trying to think of the earliest time. <laughs> I'd love to be able to tell you that I've got one of those on to play for you too. But... <laughs> um, let's see. There was, okay, one very interesting venture as a child. Uh, a friend and I set up a fortune telling um, origami stand in the park once where we like made these origami candy boxes and told fortunes and, um, didn't last very long, but there's a project <laughs> that brings together a few different. Yeah, I would, I would say so. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, I notice in my work now, um, you know, like I mentioned before, my web design skills, like just be- years of freelancing came in handy when I was starting the site. And my law background came in handy when I was registering my trademark and occasionally when I'm, you know, dealing with a contract or something. And um, my music background comes in handy. Well, I did I did a podcast very briefly, like in 2010. It's yeah. not, not available anymore. <laughs> but... Um, yeah, it came in handy then. And, you know, anytime I'm making videos, my film background kind of comes in and like lighting techniques. So there are definitely many skills that I apply laterally that, that kind of come into the business and uh, make it what it is. So what, what, what's, uh, uh, what about, uh, rapid learning? Because that's, <laughs> that's really, I mean, that's something that long for a long, 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 long time. I've always felt that has been a strength for me long before I heard the word, you know, multi-potentialite, but, um, tell me a little bit about that and how you, how you think about that and why that's such a strength and where that actually comes from. Mm -hmm. Well, I think there are a couple of things. So multi-potentialites tend to be really passionate. We tend to like get kind of obsessed with our new fascinations and that drives us to just consume and just learn as much as we can about it. Um, and also there's the fact that like the more you become, a, the more you're a beginner and you go through those awkward stages of like not being very good at something and then getting to be competent, the more confidence you have and the quicker you are to acquire skills next time. Um, so it's, it's kind of like a muscle, like the more you practice diving into something new and being like really bad at it and getting good, the faster that process becomes. It's mm-hmm. kind of like um, some people refer to it as meta learning. So just, you know, the ability to acquire skills 
more rapidly. Um, and that stuff comes in handy if you're working for a client um, and they there's something else that they want done. If you can be like, oh, I can I can do that and just you know kind of dive in and learn it and do that for them and happy client. They don't need to go out anywhere else and you know, <laughs> um, and in various other ways. It's um, yeah, I don't know. Multi potentialites just love to learn. It's a very common thing. <laughs> so that's, I mean, I get, I don't know. I probably get like between 30 and 40 emails a day with different types of questions. And usually one of the things that's, that pops up because uh, a lot of the things we talk about are strengths, you know, are on our mm-hmm. show and whatever else, but uh, people are always uh, people that I can tag as multi-potentialite fairly quickly. They start out, well, with a, well, I love to learn. So that's one of my strengths. And I see that again and again and mm-hmm. again and again. There's five or six other things that I see again and again and again. I didn't have the, the term until, well, I don't know, three weeks ago when I started being bombarded. <laughs> uh, <laughs> multi-potentialite. But it was interesting for me to uh, watch your TEDx talk and then say, hey, this is exactly what I'm getting. These are all these same characteristics mm-hmm. um, and all these same strengths too. And, and start to apply it and think about it through this lens that you're talking about. Um, and, and then the other one is, is that you mentioned as well is adaptability. So can you explain that a little bit for us? And then uh, I want to ask you a little bit about that too. Sure. Um, so adaptability is just the ability to morph into whatever you need to be in a given situation. Um, so that is uh, especially important in this day and age when, um, you know, the economic landscape is a lot less certain than it used to be and things are just changing so quickly. So the ability to take on new roles to, it's, it's kind of related to the learning new skills thing, but, but it's like, you already have the skills and you just like, which version of me do I need to become to solve this problem or for this client or customer or, or, you know, whatever. So yeah, being adaptable is, um, a, a huge advantage. maybe like three years, but just focused on trying to create this online business. Kept failing, kept changing approaches, kept pivoting, never truly committing to one thing. And little did I ask, like, hey, do you even want an online business? Remember Matt from earlier? He made some changes on his own, but failed to ask the really important questions. Yeah, I'll be totally honest, it was horrible, right? It was like waking up every day and wondering like, okay, what am I gonna do today? And what are my goals? It's basically waking up and kind of feeling lost and analyzing over and over again and coming to the same answers. Making a bunch of pivots wasn't all bad for him, though. The light in that is I gained different skills, especially people skills throughout the whole time. We coached Matt to help him realize what his strengths were and how to take actions based on those. Those tests that you had me go through were fantastic in terms of like, okay, yeah, here are my strengths. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. That really true. And then that kind of just gives you, again, that confidence boost to take action, to do something. Congratulations, Matt, on building a business and a life that you love. If you also want to figure out what work fits you and find that fulfilling career that gets you up in the morning, lights you up, gives you purpose, well, find out how coaching can help you step-by-step. Go over to happentoyourcareer.com and click on coaching to apply. Or you can text coach. that's M-Y, coach, to 44222. Pause right now and we'll send over the application. The more that you can double down on you know, your health and your wellness, the better. That will go back to effectiveness and efficiency of how you run your business. 
Where do you see that for yourself then? Like, how do you think about that for yourself and maybe either some projects or, you know, clients, customers, whatever that you've got going on right now where adaptability really ends up helping you in that way? Um, well, I do a little bit of coaching and usually it's people who want to come up with a business idea that is a little bit more multifaceted and lets them bring in their various interests. And we yeah. talk about overarching themes and stuff, but, um, I've got a student now who just saw my Ted talk and just wanted to work with me and uh-huh. wasn't even particularly interested in, uh, <laughs> in building an online business or anything, or, you know, starting a Renaissance business or anything like that. And so we just started doing a lot of like deep work and figuring out what drives them and helping them come up with a title that they could, you know, when, they could say when someone asked them what they do and just working on some of the other things that, um, that I don't usually get to go into in coaching, but I feel like my interest in psychology and, um, self self-help if you will, and yeah. all that kind of stuff yeah. really came in. <laughs> so they just showed up on your door after seeing your Ted talk. Like, pretty, how, pretty. how can I pay you money so that I can work with you? And, uh, clearly the Ted talk is working. Yeah. Yeah. It's been amazing. I mean, I've heard, I've gotten so many wonderful emails and, um, it's just been a little overwhelming, but incredible. Yeah. And that's fantastic. And I think it's well-deserved. Um, by the way, if you've listened to the show at all, you know, by now that you can go to happenyourcare.com and then, uh, we'll have all the links. We'll put the TED talk up in the, in the show notes so that you can actually see what we keep alluding to over and over and over again. <laughs> and you can see what, uh, what got sent to me 472 times. It's going to go up by the end of the episode is to be like thousand and ten. Yeah. So. Your, your, your listeners should email you right now and just be like, <laughs> Hey, have you seen this TED talk? <laughs> That's probably what's going to happen after this. I'm probably going to get a bunch of emails saying, well, can you see in the TED Talk? Uh, so I, okay, so you've, you're, you work with clients on a, on a regular basis and you go through and you're helping them with some of this deeper level stuff. Um, every, or in some of the not as deeper level stuff, like what do you even call yourself? How do you, right. how do you even refer to actually, before I ask this question, I'm curious, what, <laughs> what do you, when people ask what you do, what is it that you say, Emily? I've tried to have different things. Um, usually I'll say I run an online community and then they'll ask me what kind of online community. And then I'll be like, uh, it's a site for multi-potentialites for people, which are people with many interests in creative pursuits. And then yeah. either they'll be like, Oh, okay. Or they'll be like, huh, that's interesting. Tell me more. And then we'll have a conversation. <laughs> that, uh, yeah, you get that dividing line right there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It depends <laughs> why they're asking if they're like just being polite or if they're actually interested. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's, uh, that is interesting. So, um, so you don't list out like all the, all the 52 things that you're interested in then? I don't. Sometimes if I meet someone in a particular context, yeah. I might lead with something. I might say I'm a writer or something, but, um, or if I'm talking to a crossing guard, I usually say I'm a web designer cause that makes more sense to them, but like, <laughs> like someone at the border or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, what then, what, since you since you do work uh, with clients and everything like that like what what do you recommend to people in in the situation where they're clearly identifying with being a multi-potentialite and uh they're really trying to figure out 
you know, how, how do I decide what to do first? Because regardless of which end of the spectrum you swing to, at least this is how I'm thinking about it, uh, regardless of which end of the spectrum you swing to, you, whether you're 20 projects all at one time or whether you're more sequential, mm-hmm. you've got to ch- still choose to do one, at least start one thing at a time. You can't start mm-hmm. 1,500 things all at the exact same right. time. You could try, but it right. doesn't get you anywhere necessarily. Yeah. So how do you, how do you help people think about that differently? Cause this is a question I, I know that our listeners are going to ask, and this is a question I get regularly. Yeah. Um, so usually we do some brainstorming and I have them write out uh, a long list of things that they're interested in. Sometimes we'll do, you know, the list of things that they've done before, things they've enjoyed, things that they're becoming curious about. Um, but in this context, I would say, you know, put, put all of your different ideas down on paper um, and then try and decide on like two to four things that are really pulling at your heart right now that you just like really want to dive into um, and start there. And more things will come up and you can add those to your back burner list. And if you're really dying to jump into something new, um, you know, get some work done on one of your priority projects first and then set a timer for like 40 minutes and just go down the rabbit hole and have fun. And like, you know, cause I think people sometimes feel like if I start any one thing, then I'm giving up on everything else. I'm not going to be able to, you know, and that, that can be really paralyzing. Mm-hmm. So it can be helpful to like give yourself some freedom to actually just go ahead and explore whatever you want, but set a timer. So, you know, it's not going to just take over your whole day. Um, and then get back to the few things that you've decided to focus on. And then you can kind of find that right number for, for you in terms of like which projects, how many you want, like, on your stovetop, right? I, I like the stovetop analogy because you've got, so you've got like four things on the go. One is boiling high. Another one is just simmering. You kind of like tend to one and then tend to another, but you can handle four or so without going crazy. Um, so yeah, I usually have people start there like two to four and see what feels right and go from there. So two to two to four things that you're diving into. And mm-hmm. what about timeframes? Cause that's one of the things that, uh, mm-hmm. I get questions on all the time and I'm just curious on your outlook on that. So, uh, let's say that they end up diving into, I don't know, two different things. You know, how long, how long do they spend there and what does that depend on? And how do you think about that? Yeah, it depends on the person and on the project. Um, some projects are the kind of projects where you can work a little bit on it every day. Other projects, um, are more kind of intensive, Um, like I, once a year, a friend and I try and get together in a city and write and record an album in a month. We've done it a couple of times now. And, um, that is a project where like just having one month and really going hard works for us and for the project and makes it possible. Um, we, you know, logistically it would be really difficult because we live in different cities to just kind of have a band and practice regularly and do all that. Um, but we don't want to like give up playing music. So we do this intensive thing and it's a lot of fun to just kind of write an album, but there are other interests that it's really a matter of like practicing every day. Like if you're learning a language, maybe, um, and yeah, so people organize their time differently. Some people will do like the, the high school subject schedule. Like I forget Barbara Sher calls it 
something like that, the high school schedule method where you like break up your day and you're like, from this hour to this hour, I'm going to work on this project. From this hour to this hour, we'll work on this project and um, kind of break up your day that way. Other people will dedicate one day to a particular thing. And then the next day will be a different project they're working on. Um, Some people will go by the week. It really depends on how you like to work and what your projects are like. That's that's really interesting. And I, just coming off, um, do you know Mike Vardy? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes, so, I do. So Mike obviously really recommends the the theme days, right? Hmm. So that's that's part of his thing. But um, but that layering in here, so that's fresh on my mind a little bit. But I think that could that could work very much too. Or sometimes even breaks into like half theme days mm-hmm. or something like that. And then that's a little bit what I hear you you talking about to some degree. And I think that that can be very, very effective. But what I also hear you saying is you've got to pay attention to you mm-hmm. and the way that makes sense for, uh, for how you work, how you're wired, et cetera, et cetera. Is that, is that kind of right to am I interpreting that correctly? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And also, you know, paying attention to what times of day you're most creative and, um, kind of trying as much as you can to fit your more intensive creative projects into those periods where you've got a lot of focus and, um, you know, and then the, the, like maybe some email checking when you're feeling less, less clear. Um, and just kind of being aware of like your energy, um, levels throughout the day. And yeah. So your one month, uh, once a year recording project, is that tip of the hat or is that? It is. Yeah. It is. It is. Yeah, we've got, uh, we, we were really due for another album. We've got one that's almost done with the mastering and should be out pretty soon. It just it takes forever, the mixing and mastering. It's mostly our fault. It's not our engineer or our producer's fault. But um, And then we'll probably do another one in the spring. <laughs> Very cool. Um, comes out, did, are, you, are you selling this too? Or like, how, how can we get a hold of this, Emily? <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I kind of want to hear it. Yeah, it's you can just go to tipofthehat.bandcamp.com, and I think we've got a four it's four bucks for the first EP, or pay what you want. Um, and probably the the you know future records will just be pay what you want because I, I like that model, and it's not like we made a lot of money off of the first one anyway. So yeah. it's more just for us and just to kind of get our music out there. So. Uh, Closing up, and I know we're starting to run out a little bit of time here, but um, really wanted to one just a- ask you about what is what is the biggest or most common questions you get from multipotentialites, or even the mm-hmm. most common challenges that you get. And then I would ask as a kind of a follow up, where do you where do you urge people to start with some of those challenges? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, Usually it's about making a living as a multi-potentialite. That is probably the biggest challenge that people have. Um, And there just aren't that many good resources out there. Like there aren't that many career guides written for multi-potentialites and to, you know, help them get or design a career that includes a lot of variety. That's just not really, and, you know, career counselors, there are some cool ones out there, but um, largely it's like, let's look at your skills and interests and narrow it down um, not broaden it out and give you a few different options, but, um, so yeah, the, like how to make a living question is a big one. 
Um, and multi-potential aids, you know, they, they want to be able to pay the bills. They also want to be able to dip into their many skills and um, get to kind of express the breadth of who they are. Yeah. Um, and they want to do something that feels meaningful as well. So, um, yeah, those, you know, finding, putting together a career that includes those, those three elements is is a, a big one. Well, you picked a heck of a, <laughs> heck of a set of questions. Now you got to try and answer like, yeah. <laughs> how, how do you make a living? And <laughs> man, no pressure. Anymore. Well, I'm, I'm writing a book about that right now. Um, basically you need, you need a life and career that provides you with variety. And there are several diff- different ways to get this. Um, I don't know if we have the time for me to go into this. Yeah, in let's, depth. let's, let's please, let's dive into it. I <laughs> okay, can, I sure. can make more time if you can make a little bit more time. Yeah, sure. Um, so right now I'm writing a book, um, on this exact topic and I've interviewed dozens of people who kind of self-describe as being both happy and financially comfortable and multi-potentialites. Um, and I asked them this question and it turns out that, um, none of them make money in the same way. Um, and there's no, unfortunately, there's no one career that is just like perfect for multi-potentialites. Um, but there are some commonalities and I delineated four commonly used work models. Um, so I can go through those quickly if you like. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. So, uh, the first commonly used work model is what I call the group hug approach. And this is, um, this is like what we were talking about before. It's if you can imagine all of your interests coming together in one big group hug. Um, so this is like the job where you get to wear many different hats. Uh, maybe you're working at a smaller company or a startup and you just get more input, more, you know, creative input. Um, or it's, a business that is multifaceted, um, where you get to shift between different formats and write about a lot of different topics. Um, that's the group hug approach. The second approach, the second commonly used work model is what I call the slash approach. And this is where you've got several distinct and separate revenue streams. So maybe you have two narrow businesses that are very different. You're not combining anything. They've got different audiences. Maybe you've got a couple part-time jobs um, and you love them both for different reasons, but you wouldn't want to do one full-time. You kind of like being able to just switch to a different part of your brain. Um, Maybe you sell your art or you do some sort of performance and you just kind of have these separate revenue streams and altogether you get a sense of variety. And, um, and this works really well for people who love shifting between radically different parts of their brains on a regular basis. Um, and then there's the, what I call the Einstein approach. And that's because Albert Einstein worked at the patent office. He actually was employed by the government and, um, this was a notoriously slow paced job. So it provided him with stability and security, um, but it didn't take up too much of his free time or creative energy. Um, so he had all that free time to work on his theories. Um, so this is, you know, a stable day job that you enjoy that does not completely drain you and leaves you with free time to explore your other passions on the side. And this works very well for some people. Some people are really happy with it. I think the risk here is if you have a job that is not quite the good enough job and it really like sucks you, you know, you you can't really go home and want to like work on your projects. You're just exhausted. And there's a fine um, line there. Yeah, that's, that's not ideal. Um, And then the fourth, 
fourth commonly used work model is the sequential approach. And this is where you dive into a field for six months or several years, and you just kind of build a career in that field, and then you shift to an entirely new field, and you dive into that for a long time. Um, and all of these work models can be mixed and matched, and a lot of us are hybrids, but I found it helpful for people to just kind of delineate them and to, to show you your options. Um, but I never want to tell people, like, here are the four work models, now choose one, because <laughs> that goes counter to my message. That, that seems like counter to everything. <laughs> yeah. yeah we've exactly. been so these about. are just, these are some ideas and, yeah. you know, pick and choose what works for you, mix them together, whatever. <laughs> well, and I think it really could be too. And I think in reality, like as you're going through different seasons of your life two different things may make sense at different times. Like I think about, um, so we've got three little kids, right? And what, before we had three little kids, what made sense for me totally does not make sense as in the same way for me <laughs> mm -hmm. now. Um, so that's, that's really interesting. Group hug, Einstein. I like the names. I love the names. Thanks. <laughs> I'm, you know, one of the, one of my like little weird passions is yeah. inventing words clearly, which <laughs> is another thing that I've integrated into my business. So yeah, I, I like making up, making up names and, uh, you know, smooshing words together and stuff. <laughs> Have you met Jonathan Harrison? I don't think so. Oh, I might have to introduce you to him. He he has also made up a few words in his day. Uh, <laughs> awesome guy, but uh, he helped us uh, get started way back when, and uh, finally got to meet the guy in person not that long ago. But uh, he's a uh, he he runs a gamers website on leadership, Ooh. which are two things that you normally don't interesting together. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, I know it's cool, <laughs> but. Um, yeah, you'll, you'll have to, you'd like him quite a bit. <laughs> That's cool. I'm going to check that out. Yeah. Um, it's called classically trained. Cool. Shout out to Jonathan Harris. <laughs> um, that's one of the things when I'm working with people to come up with a, a business idea, often we're like, okay, what if we took knowledge from one of your interests and we brought that knowledge to an audience related to a different interest of yours. Like, is there anything there that could be useful? So it sounds like that's kind of what he's done. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. He's done it's a really cool job with it. Yeah. You'll definitely have to check it out. We'll put links to that in the show notes too. Um, well, I would say that I'm, I'm really, I want to read the book now. So <laughs> I better write it. Though. You better write the thing. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is amazing. Is there, um, is there anything else that you're working on besides the book right now that, uh, that you want to share with us? And then also, you know, as people that have listened to this and are just really excited because they just found out they're a multi-potentialite, uh, where, where can they connect up with you? Sure. Um, so let's see what's going on. Um, the book, um, we're, so I started running, um, retreats. Well, we, we've done one. We did The first putty retreat was here in Portland at the end of September. And we just announced the second one, which is going to be in the UK in June. Yeah. So I'm very excited about those. It's really fun. We get, you know, 10, 15 multi-potentialites in a house together for a weekend and we brainstorm and we co-work and it's a lot of fun. Um, so that's coming up. I'm going to be doing some speaking, um, just kind of, yeah, getting stuff you know, figure it out for the next year, but there's some definitely some big speaking things coming up. Um, yeah, that's, and then, then the book is going to be a lot of work, but I'm excited about it. Uh, and people can find me and my work at puttylike.com. 
Well, hey, I uh, and go over there and check it out. I've been on the site. It's it's very cool, especially if you even remotely identify with the multipotentialite definition that we've been talking about here. Uh, go check it out. And thank you so much for making the time. I really appreciate it. This has been this has been awesome. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. It's been fun. Hey, I hope you really enjoyed this. And I would say that if you want to actually see the full interview and the slides that go along with it, well, we recorded this as a video. So all you have to do is go over to happentoyourcareer.com slash 220, and that'll take you right to the the page where we've got the video embedded right on there. You can watch that. You can also, if you've already bought her book, send us a copy of the receipt and we'll actually uh, send you a bonus PDF that accompanies the entire thing. So plenty of bonuses. Head on over to hopintoyourcareer.com slash 220. I think you're going to love the interview. It's even better when you watch it on video. All right, we'll see you over there. Next week on Happen to Your Career, we get to dive deep into a topic that many people don't talk about. What if you don't paint Or what if you aren't necessarily an artist, but you have a desire to create and you are a creative person or maybe even a creative thinker? How do you get a job and what types of jobs, what types of roles are available for creative thinkers just like you, especially ones that pay more than, you know, pennies? And how do you make those happen? So that's what we're going to dive into next week. I think that you're going to absolutely love it. Join us right here next week on Happen to Your Career for so much more when we talk about careers for creative thinkers. We'll see you then. Until then, I'm out. Adios.